Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, a nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. Constantly taking inventory, not just of my blood sugars, but where my motivation levels are around my diabetes. And if I know that they are falling, that means that I am not prioritizing joy in my life, happiness in my life, relationships, space for myself, sleep, all of those other things. It is holistic. We cannot just isolate the diabetes. We have to understand ourselves as full people. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. If you're someone who is currently feeling exhausted and terribly frustrated by your diabetes physically and emotionally, and you have a feeling that if you just had better support and a better tool set and roadmaps, that it could be incredibly transformational for your health and your entire life, I'm really excited to share that we are currently open for enrollment for our first Decide and Conquer group coaching cohort of 2024. If you don't know, the DCB is Risey's 12-week signature coaching program for women with type 1 diabetes who are feeling discouraged and isolated and overwhelmed and are craving more confidence and empowerment in their lives with their numbers and mindset and all of it. We've had over 400 women graduate from this program over the years, and they all were once where you're sitting literally right now on the sidelines, listening to me talk about the program or listening to stories of other people change their lives, wondering if that it's possible for themselves to do that too. It might be hard to believe, but this program is already filling up. So if today's episode inspires you to want to make a change for your T1D, don't wait to apply. After you do, wait to receive an email within 48 hours to book a call with Abby or Alyssa from the Risely team. And I hope to see you in the program. And who knows, maybe even one day have you as a podcast guest inspiring others with your transformation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. So my intention for this episode is to make it bite-sized. Um, I could easily go on about this topic about setting yourself up for T1D success. Um, you know, this could be like a full-length episode, but I was thinking about sometimes when I listen to podcasts how, yes, there's days where I'm like, I want to dive into like an hour-long guest episode. There's other times where I'm like, I just need like a quick bit of 15, 20 minutes to wake my brain up for the day. Whether you are driving your kids to school or you're on your way to work, you are, you know, getting ready, showering, getting ready for the day. I think this could be a really good time to listen to this episode just to set your mind in a space of like, I need to make myself a priority. For me, if there's anything that I've learned in the past, I would say like year, two years of just feeling just like I'm juggling a lot of different things with my schedule and my time is that if we're not getting on the offense of our health and of our diabetes, there is not going to be space left at the end of the day or throughout the day for taking care of ourselves. It's something that I I find personally has to be intentional. And that intentionality that you bring into the day allows you to not be in this defensive place of like just, you know, chasing of like, okay, I have to eat now and shoot now my blood sugar is going up and now I have to give insulin. And just that like chaotic energy that like can sometimes come up with diabetes in our life. So I also want to say for this episode, right? Like 
there can be, we're going to focus on five unexpected things that I do to set myself up for T1D success every day. And I say unexpected things because there's like the obvious things like hydrating or anchoring into your visions and your goals or checking your blood sugar throughout the day and not just, you know, dismissing your alarms and not giving, you know, insulin for it. But these are things that I want to share with you because I think they, you know, have really made a difference for me personally. And they're not like basic level things that I think you're going to talk about, especially like with your endocrinologist. So I am going to walk you through the through these in a second. And I want you to, as I'm going through them, really think about like which one is resonating with you specifically. Like which one do you feel like you have the biggest gap in and that you can focus on like even just for today. So with that being said, I do want to preface this by sharing that this week we had a group coaching call for our Decide and Conquer group coaching bootcamp. And it was on the call topic was on hormones and stress. And when stress came up, we had this journaling prompt that we had everybody do where it was just like, where is stress coming up in your life from an emotional standpoint, a physical standpoint, mental, you know, work relationship, like where is it showing up? And then there was a little bit of a group share, right? In terms of like, okay, what are you going to do about this? Because stress and hormones like impact our blood sugars more than we even think they do. So somebody in the group had shared, I'm pretending I'm talking right now, like as if it was as, a, as I was her. So she was like, I feel like I love what I do. I love my work. It's a great environment. And I love it so much that I just, you know, want to get everything done. And so I'm just going, 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 going. But I know that it could benefit me to take a few times throughout the day, just like a 10 minute walk to you know, re-energize myself or whatever. And so I asked her, I was like, are you bought into the belief fully that taking this 10 minute walk throughout the day at multiple different times outweighs the pushing through whatever work, you know, you have in that moment and normally, you know, aren't stopping for. And she kind of paused and then she smiled and she's like, well, not really. She's like, I know at a logical level that it can be helpful and it probably would be helpful, but like, yeah, I can see myself tomorrow going to work and just being like, okay, I have to get this email done. Like I can't go for a walk now. And what I challenged her to do when I challenged everybody to do on the call was like really get back into like, if you were setting a a goal like that of like a way to reduce stress or a way to set yourself up for success with your health that day, whether it's directly with diabetes or not, you need to anchor into the why. So I had said, you know, for her, I, I knew I had a feeling that she'd be somebody who was driven by kind of like research and data. And so I was like, you need to, we need to find you like a research, a study that shows taking 10 minutes away actually increases your productivity because that is something that you value as a person. Um, and if you can tie back this one thing to, you know, something that you value and something that's important to you, you're going to be more likely to do it. So I wanted to share that because I think that there's a lot of ways that we can, you know, a lot of things, a lot of ways that we can, you know, add value to our days in helping set ourselves up for success with our health. But unless we're fully, like our subconscious mind is fully bought into the idea, it's just going to be something that makes us feel bad that it's on our list to do, but we're not doing, you know, and, I, and I'm not perfect either. Like I do this with myself constantly where I do something that does not serve me and it gets to the point where I'm like, you know, have an intention of, let me just say, you know, reading for reading a book before bed, right? Instead of scrolling on my phone. That's like a big one that I'm like working on right now. And I got to the point recently where it was like, I would have that on my goal list like every single day. And I would 
feel crummy, like going to bed being like, oh, like I did not read the book. I ended up just scrolling. So I just replaced or I stopped that just trend of thinking. And I was like, okay, like figure this out, Lauren. So I got curious about it. And I was like, why are you not reading? And I said, because I don't want to like challenge my brain at nighttime. I just, what I'm craving is like relaxation. And so what I did was I traded out my like, um, you know, just like self, I don't want to call it like a self-help book, but it was, um, what is the book even on that I have at my, on my nightstand? It's a leadership development book. Um, so I traded that out for just like a novel. And with that novel, I am now reading that book because to me, the other one was I wanted to turn my brain off and that wasn't exciting to me to turn my brain off with. It was almost like getting my like wheels spinning, the thought of reading that. And now I've been reading the novel even just like for 15, 20 minutes before bed and it's helping me just like go into a deeper relaxation, sleep better and get my brain off of scrolling on social media, which is, we know, healthy. So we're going to go into now with that like long intro here, we're going to go into the five things that I do to set myself up for T1D success every day. These are things that I am really, I would say, I'd say pretty religious by I'm looking through the list right now. Um, Yeah, I would say I do these, all these things on a really consistent basis and have built them up, built up the consistency over the years. So here's the first one. The first one is to honor the tiger stripe. What does this mean? So this is a very tactical piece of advice that I have for you, and it has to do with your calendar. This may resonate with you more if you are somebody who works and you work in you know, um, an industry where you have a calendar and you have a lot of calls and, um, you can be in person, you know, working in an office, but also like virtual, but as long as you have like stuff to do on your calendar that is like on there, this is going to be applicable. So a lot of times when we have back to back to back calls, whether it's like even just two calls back to back or three calls back to back, we feel like we're just on this, you know, roller, not like roller coaster. We feel like we're on this just like, okay, this thing ended and now we're moving immediately to the next. And there's no like time to like even debrief the information from the call, never mind, check in with yourself. And so I try to, with my calendar, have when a call ends, have a white stripe in my calendar where there is not anything there. And it's usually like 10 minutes. If I can get 15 minutes, that's amazing. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, but I really try to, try to do it more consistently than not. And what that time allows me to do is just check in with myself and be like, okay, like, is my blood sugar high? Do I need to give myself insulin and go for a walk? Do I need to eat something quick? Do I need to change my Dexcom site or my Omnipod, you know, pump site? Like what it allows you to do is just gives you a little bit more space in your day and like 15 minutes having like a call right back to back is not going to like move the needle forward in your work enough for you know you to feel like oh like I sh- you know should have pushed that call up earlier like no this is just about getting on the offense of your schedule so that you have time in between to take a second for you right there's like no downside of it there's only upside the only thing that you can get that can get in the way and the barrier is if you have a calendar that somebody else is controlling for the most part, if somebody's like putting calls on your calendar, but you know, this is something that like you can encourage to implement in your company work as well. And with your team and say like, Hey, like, do you guys also feel like after meetings, you don't have time to just like debrief? Like, do you think that we could, you know, have our calls run from, you know, 50 minutes instead of 60 minutes. And then there's like a 10 minute white stripe or tiger stripe. There's, you know, from 10 AM to 10 50 instead of 10 to 11, or, you know, if it's 10 to 11, can we start the next call at like 11? 
2015. So that's the first one is to like honor the tiger stripe in the calendar. The second one I have is to eat for nourishment and satisfaction. So I'm curious if this ever happens to you guys when, you know, nighttime comes or the weekend comes and that's when all the food cravings come out for you. You're eating the pizza and you're eating the chips and you're eating the chocolate and then your, you know, your blood sugar is being impacted as a direct result of that. And with clients that we've had who experience this, what we find is that there is either, um, there's most of the times an imbalance of nourishment and satisfaction happening in their just everyday basis. Um, Example, if there is a lack of nourishment happening, it could look like throughout the day you're eating, you know, you're eating meals, um, but you're not getting enough fiber. You're not getting enough vegetables or you're not getting enough fruit or, you know, just a quality ingredients to nourish your body. And so what's happening is by the end of the day, your body is like looking for more and we're more likely to fill it with just like, I don't want to say empty calories, but, um, just like, you know, food that maybe is not as nourishing and we're going to want more of it because our bodies are like looking to fill the minerals and the vitamins that we miss throughout the day. But like, we're not catching that. We're just catching like, okay, I'm hungry. So I'm just going to like eat all of this. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just late at night, it tends to be a little bit more challenging to manage your blood sugars. And um, that could happen. Now, if on the flip side, you're somebody who like you get your nourishment in during the day, you're like, oh no, like I have a smoothie for breakfast and I have a salad for lunch. And also I just want to say too, for nourishment, it could also be a macronutrient deficit. So like you could be great with like protein and fats, but like maybe your body is craving carbohydrates. But back to what I was saying. So maybe you're like nourishing your body throughout the day, but you're missing satisfaction from food, right? And then at night, when nighttime comes or when the weekend comes, or I see this a lot, when you have a low blood sugar, that's when all those situations become kind of like, like a free-for-all, but it's like, all right, now is my time to, you know, eat all these things because you know, I, I didn't really eat them, you know, I don't eat them during the day or they're off limits during the day, or, you know, I want to be quote unquote good during the day. And so, you know, I will, something that I do is I sprinkle satisfying foods in throughout my day. So I don't let myself get to that point. Today, for instance, I had chili that was left over from last night. And so it was a bunch of like beans and I use this like vegan sour cream that I love and, you know, just like this this homemade vegetarian chili that I made. And with it, instead of just being like, oh, during the daytime, like I'm just not going to have like chips with it. But I I was like, I want chips. So I had these Siete chips that I love with it. And that helps balance me out with like satisfaction. So I'm getting the nourishment from the ingredients. I'm getting the satisfaction and that together makes me feel just like, you know, more balanced going into the rest of the day. And it doesn't become this kind of like on off thing with food. It's just like, this is how I eat. There's space for everything. And that allows me to never get to a place where I'm feeling like I need to overeat an abundance of these foods that are challenging to have an abundance with my blood sugars. So that is number two. All right, number three is to become attuned to your morning cortisol spikes. This is a hormone one. And I say this because morning is a trouble spot for some people. And when it is a trouble spot for you, it it sets the tone for the day in a place where you feel like, once again, like you're operating from the defense. Like there is a clear difference in how you're going to feel going in the first few hours of the day, you know, at a lower blood sugar number at, you know, 120, or if you're outside, you know, the US, maybe like 6.0, 7.0, and being, you know, even just like 180 or 200 or, you know, 10.0, 11.0, 12.0. With that, 
What we're seeing now with technology specifically with auto pumps is like closed loop pumps is like sometimes if you're riding the line of low in the hours of like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m., like leading up to getting up, the pump is shutting off the insulin on the back end. And then the second you wake up and your counter regulatory hormones hit because it's helping you get up in the morning, you have this combined, like I just didn't have, I had reduced insulin or didn't have any insulin for the past like hour or so. And now the cortical cortisol spiking. And now we're, you know, just brushing our teeth the first 15 minutes being up and I'm already, you know, trending upwards without eating anything. So there's that example. And then even if you're not on an auto pump, there are times where you're rushing in the morning to get kids dressed out the door or you yourself are just, you know, trying to get a workout in and then, you know, sit down at your desk to work, whatever it may be. And that rushing just exacerbates the cortisol spike that is happening or what we like to call the feet to floor phenomenon. Um, and, you know, you're, you're riding that chasing of the blood sugar and the higher that your blood sugar gets, the more insulin resistant you become. So meaning like the higher your insulin, your, your number is, it's harder to bring yourself down. So really becoming attuned to what your patterns are in your morning time can help you really prioritize, um, you know, your, 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 your diabetes for the day and set yourself up for success. Last example for this, I work from home, but on days that I go into the city, I work from a WeWork, sometimes with a part of the Risley team. And I know that on those days, I am giving insulin no matter what I wake up at. I can wake up at 90 and I am like, got to get some insulin on board because I live in the suburbs and I have to drive like 15 minutes to the train, take in about like a 15 minute train into the city. And then by the time I get there, there's just, you know, a lot that's going on. And my body's not used to that stress of the morning, just like rolling out of bed, working out and like going into my home office. So getting insulin on board um, to combat that is really helpful. So that is number three. Number four. Okay. We're getting into a juicy one here. So this is to check in with yourself on alignment. Let me expand. I want you to imagine a world in which I go to my com- I go to my endocrinologist and we have an, on- and, and we have a conversation and it goes like this. She says, Hey Lauren, I see your A1C dropped and your time and range increased. How did you do that? Have you changed your nutrition? Are you eating less carbs? Are you, you know, did you change your rates on your pump? Like that's normally right. What an endocrinologist would assume, uh, would assume, but imagine my response being, well, I actually started horseback riding. She would be so confused and so floored and be like, are you okay? And truly, I, I I give this example and this like stark contrast of what, you know, maybe somebody thinks is going to improve your blood sugars versus what actually does because this is like a real life situation for me. So I don't know if I've talked about this that much on the podcast, but two years ago, a little bit more than two years ago, I was like having a little, I don't want to say it was diabetes burnout because it was very temporary and situational, but I was having these like three weeks, maybe like a month where I was just like, I was not in a good place. I was just like very, very tired, overwhelmed, frustrated. I just felt like I was in a place where changing my pump site and my Dexcom felt like the hardest task in the world. And after a couple of weeks of that, I I think I, I think I might have been in a therapy session, to be honest, or maybe I like was journaling on it. But I came to this conclusion of like the problem is not 
you wanting to you like burning out with your diabetes like the problem is that you are not you are misaligned in the other areas of your life so if you think about the areas of your life you have your career and your work uh you have your relationships you have your kind of like self-love and acceptance um you have your diabetes and maybe like the fifth big prong is um you have kind of like your hobbies and your personal joy and your happiness, right? And for me, when I looked at the balance of all those things, my the area that I was lacking the, the most in was like my personal joy. I was finding that every single thing that I did kind of tracked back to work in some way. Like everything in my life, like even just like working out and fitness, right? I'm always like sharing with you guys on Instagram, like, okay, what are my blood sugars doing? Or we're writing a blog post on it, or I'm, you know, running a 10K and it's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, talk about it because this can inspire other people who want to run and um, you know, even just nutrition and food, same thing. When I'm traveling, like it all kind of is lifestyle related in what we're sharing here. And I love it. And I know how helpful it is to this community. And at the same time, I was like, I'm just like depleted of doing things, and I don't want to say that like make me happy because all those things make me happy, but like doing things that are just like filling my cup up. And in that reevaluation, I was like randomly like, I'm going to start horseback riding. I love animals. I used to horseback ride when I was like a little kid. And I just feel like I need something like the time I fell in love with yoga during college where what yoga gave me was like this pure presence that you have to be 100% present and cannot think about anything else. And also like my brain is always on and I've just gotten a little bit of away from yoga and meditation. I go in phases with it. But like horseback riding was something that I was like, I'm going to go sign up for that. And that was one thing. And then the second thing I did was I just really made it intentional choice to like make plans with people like ahead of time. So like Okay, like on Friday night, like we're going out with these friends. On Saturday night, we're going – on Saturday, we're going upstate to visit our other friends or, you know, we're doing this or we're doing that. And once again, kind of what I said earlier, like if you're not on the offense of those things, other things are just going to suck up your time. And like those things might seem like very trivial but um, and unimportant and like unassuming that it would relate back to diabetes, but like filling my cup up in those areas and like setting boundaries with where I was spending my time was just so incredibly helpful for my diabetes. So all to say, I'm constantly taking inventory um, so I don't get to that place again, right? I'm constantly taking inventory, not just of my blood sugars, but if I'm feeling where my motivation levels are around my diabetes. And if I know that they are falling, that means that I am not prioritizing joy in my life, happiness in my life, relationships, space for myself, sleep, all of those other things. It is holistic. We cannot just isolate the diabetes. We have to understand ourselves as full people. Yeah. Like sometimes that can be situational and very much like just, you know, in the moment of that week because life is busy. Totally get that. But I really do feel like as adults, we're in this place of like constantly life events throwing us out of alignment. And our job is to understand that like that's going to happen, but it's like, how do we get ourselves back into a place of alignment? Because that is when we're operating at our best. Number five is to, and this is the last one, and it is to communicate your needs with your people. We often feel like we have to do diabetes alone. And to a point, we are doing diabetes alone on a daily basis. Hopefully when you're listening to this podcast, you don't feel as alone. 
but that is, you know, the truth of the matter. But we don't have to do the other areas of our life alone, and we're likely not. And so, an example of this, and I, and I should expand on this thought even before I go into the example, but like how this one is relevant to setting yourself up for T1D success is that we all have needs. And if we feel like we need to take on everything and we don't know how to communicate our needs to the people around us, then we are not going to have time left for us at the end of the day. So kind of like goes with number four, where you can't get to the place of like finding what brings yourself into alignment unless you're willing to have a conversation with somebody else about that 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 might affect, right? So example, when my now husband, who we've been dating since high school, when we moved in together into our New York City apartment about like, I think it was like five or six years ago, um, for the first time living together, I just like fell into this traditional role of like, I have to cook all the meals and I have to clean and I have to do everything. And it's so funny because I'm such like an independent person and I'm sure a lot of you who like, know me and have been following me for a while, like would not assume that I would do that. Maybe you would, I don't know, but like, I wouldn't even assume that for, of myself, but I, for some reason, I just kind of like fell into that role and I was stressing myself out so much because Chris was going to work and I was going to work. But then at the end of the day, I, and he, he would offer up help. He would be like, Hey, like I can cook dinner tonight. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, don't worry. Like I got it. Right. And so one day, like I was just like, I can't cook dinner. Like we have to order in or like we have to like, I just, I can't cook tonight. And he was like, okay, like it's fine. Like I can cook. And he cooked and it just like took the pressure off. And I realized like, you know, I just had to let myself, allow myself to like ask for his help. And I could, you know, figure out that. And I, and what I learned, not so figured out, but what I learned was that like, that was a me thing. Um, He was willing to help. And when I allowed him to help, I got more space and time back. So for instance, on Tuesday nights, uh, when we're in a, a group coaching cohort at the Decide and Conquer Bootcamp, we run it three times a year. Our next one um, is already filling up. It starts in January. Uh, but when we are going through that, like those calls are at nighttime and it's the difference of Chris knows like he's helping cook on those nights. And it's a difference of like me running off that call feeling like, Oh, I'm so tired. Like, let me just make whatever's easiest and throw like a bagel and eggs in, which like, you know, make a, put a bagel in, make some eggs is really quick. Like, let's just have like breakfast for dinner, which there's nothing wrong with, but it just, my blood sugars wouldn't be as easy to manage that way. And instead he's making a whole meal and I'm like maybe grocery shopping and being like, Hey, like, here's what's on the agenda tonight. Like, can you cook it? And then that just allows me to maybe like decompress, take a shower, give myself a pre-bolus. And it's just those little things, you guys, that really, really make a big difference. That's just one example. Another example could be if you have, you know, a partner or just like family who likes to eat out a lot. I know that there's been times where I have been in like a push season of wanting to get my blood sugar, just being more intentional with things I'm putting in my body, all that. And it's just like vocalizing it. It's being like, it's being like, hey, this is a thing that I'm working on. I feel like we're eating out a lot. Like, would it be okay, you know, I to, you know, not eat out Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and just, you know, um, maybe on Saturday or Sunday. I know that's like an extreme example. I don't know if anybody eats out that much. Um, but it all comes down to just like understanding what your needs are and not being afraid or feel f- fearful to advocate for them and for yourself. 
All right, quick intermission for a PSA and story that I have to share with you guys about a mysterious high blood sugar case that one of our coaching clients experienced recently. So for two weeks, he couldn't figure out why he was running higher than usual. We're talking mid 200s with his blood sugar, even 300s, stubborn, not coming down. And he went through his usual list of reasons, right? Food, insulin sensitivity, stress, sleep, hydration, but none of those factors seem to be the culprit. And so finally he came to our coaching session and I said, hey, do you think that your insulin has gone bad? And it turns out that's exactly what it was. And so if you're anything like me and this particular client, you might not always be thinking about keeping your insulin at a safe temperature. In the refrigerator, insulin should be stored at 36 degrees Fahrenheit to 46 degrees Fahrenheit. And outside the fridge, it can withstand temperatures between 36 degrees and 86 degrees Fahrenheit. That means that if you live in or travel to warmer climates or very cold climates, then your insulin is at risk for spoiling. And we all know that this stuff is our liquid gold, which is why I recently bought the Voyager cooler from the brand For All Family. If you don't know them, For All Family creates products that help people protect their insulin, and they have more than 200,000 customers worldwide in the US, Canada, Australia, India, and soon Europe. And the majority of their staff also lives with T1D, which are companies that I always love to support. So if you don't have one of these coolers yet, I highly, highly recommend it to protect your insulin. You can use the link in the show notes to check out all their products. It's available on Amazon and directly from the For All Family website. Now back to the show. All right, so pause and ask yourself which one of these areas you can lean into this week. And if you're really struggling making yourself and your diabetes a priority overall, and you're like, Lauren, these sound great on paper, but like I know myself deep down and maybe I listen to podcasts like this all the time, or I save people's you know Instagram posts of like morning routines and I just can't get myself to a place of being motivated. And I feel like where I am now is so far away from the version and the person that I need to be and I don't know how to get there, um, whether it's with A1C or time and range, confidence and happiness with, happiness with yourself, I really, really, really want to encourage you to apply for coaching with our team. We have eight incredible coaches who live with type 1 diabetes, both male, um, some female, and we also have a, a parent coach of a child with type 1. Um, you can apply at risleyhealth.com or by clicking the direct link in the show notes below. And I share this because it is a solution that is here for you at any time time. We would love the opportunity to understand what your blocks are, what hasn't worked in the past. And if it, you know, if we can point you in the right direction, whether it's us or other resources we have in our ecosystem to help you move forward in some way, because we are here to help you rise. We are here to help you get to a place where you are aligned with your diabetes, aligned with yourself. And therefore you can spend your time in all the other areas of your life versus worrying about your diabetes in the background. All righty. So we're going to end on that note. Thanks everyone for showing up for yourself today and spending this time with me. Have a great rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to this episode of Reclaim Your Rise. To let us know that the episodes we're putting out are impactful and to help us get our street cred up and let everyone else know that this is something worthy of their time to listen to, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast, send the show to other people impacted by T1D or maybe even your doctor, and share it on social media tagging at Risley Health and at Lauren underscore Bongiorno. New episodes of Reclaim Your Rise come out every single Tuesday, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so that you never miss a beat. Thanks again for listening, and as always, remember, diabetes is a challenge that we did not choose, but one that we can rise above.